Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Yes, we're live. We're here with the lovely Shira on phones and music. And, of course, we have Troy Barrett you just heard from on the news. And I'm Brian with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We show up here bright and early every Sunday morning. And I can, I can see Shira rubbing her eyes a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's kind of really early. You know, I, I guess it's really early, Shira, when the sun's not quite up yet. I mean, I, But we still have to call it morning because it's after midnight. But anyway, a beautiful day out there, folks. A little warmer than it was earlier in the week. Got a fantastic forecast for mid next week. Of course, it can still freeze for the next month or so. But uh, we can talk about uh, whatever you're doing out in the garden. If you're out this early, you're out kind of early. You know, I'd wait and go out in the garden after the sun comes up, probably about after 10 o'clock when it warms up a little too. But a lot of work needs to be done. A lot of things need to be tended this time of year. If you're going to prune your fruit trees, uh, peaches, plums, apples, pears, and all those, uh, figs, uh, now's a great time. Deciduous trees like ashes, elms, and pistachios, and even hardy evergreens like live oaks and pear trees, all that needs to be pruned. Roses, we can talk about cutting back roses. Blackberries, now is the time to prune your blackberries. Get them pruned back so we can get a crop on them. Don't have to deal with the wildness, you know. We do get haircuts once in a while. You know, me only a couple times a year, but... I get to be a little shaggy in between. So can our blackberries, but uh, now's a good time to prune those. It's not the time to prune things that are frost tender, like bougainvilleas and hibiscus and honeysuckles. So we're going to leave those leave those alone for a little while. But we're starting off with wide open phones. Yes, that's right, folks. There's not one single caller ahead of you. You could be the first caller of the day. What a privilege to be the first caller. And it's so easy to get in. You know, we get to the end of the show and the lines are all kind of full and everybody's already awake and had their coffee. But, you know, if you've had your coffee already, you happen to be tuned in. Now is the perfect time to call. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And don't worry, we're friendly. We can talk about anything grows. But if you if you have a problem killing stuff, if you have a great idea, you know, we're here at a holiday weekend and we're having a good time to uh, celebrate a little maybe with our friends. Beautiful afternoons, great afternoon weather. But uh, we can certainly uh, be thankful for the people here and all the different variety of plants we have that come from all over the world. You know, we don't want to be bringing them in without having the certification, especially citrus. But, you know, there's a lot of fun plants. We grow all different kinds of new melons and fruits. And, you know, while we were the place that the corns and the squash came from, we've... uh, We've definitely imported a lot of different things. And one of the fun ones this time of year is citrus. I mean, they do fantastic here in the Valley. And we're fortunate enough to be the the only state that's really a citrus producer that's disease-free. So we have to be mindful and protect our, our, our crops here. And so we could talk about doing that a little bit too. You know, you just don't import plants into Arizona without uh, going through the Arizona Department of Agriculture or the USDA. And if you see something on the internet for sale and it's a citrus, don't buy it. Can't you can't you can't bring it in? And if, if you see something that's uh, there on the internet and it you know has says not not allowed to be shipped to Arizona, don't ship it to your friend in New Jersey and then back here because you know we can really you know have damage with our plants. And the really nice part is between the Arizona Department of Agriculture and the United and the U.S. Department of Agriculture, you can. Imp- 
report almost anything if you follow correct procedure. It's not easy in some items, but uh, if you'll just follow up with the state or with the USDA, we have great inspectors that help us keep our ag really clean. And uh, we have our desert climate that helps us as well. But they can certainly uh, help you import plants and do different things with them. But you always kind of want to follow the rules with those. Well, it looks like the lines are starting to ring here, so we better get to the phones. we got our first caller this morning, Amy in Mesa. Good morning, Amy. Hi, good morning. It's a beautiful morning over here in Sunny Slope, but we can't see the mountains. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, from Mesa, but currently driving to Sedona, and I, I was listening to your station. I have a couple questions. For sure. Um, regarding my citrus trees, is, is uh, um, I have two lemon trees, and um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that my landscaper is not being honest with me. All right. <laughs> but they're they're partially. Um, I've I've lived in this home for four and a half years, and they've flourished, and everything's been great. But this past um, summer, there one of them is half dead, and the other one has a lot of really you know, rough looking areas. And, um, his comment was, it was really hot this summer. And in my brain, I'm like, well, it's Arizona. It's always really hot. There's something more going on. Well, so, it, um, it could be Amy. Oh, okay. And then I was trying to self water. And the second question I have is uh, I was trying to self water thinking it just needed more water than the drip system because in my previous home, I had irrigation for all the citrus trees. And he, he mentioned that to stop watering it because the citrus could get too much water. So that was my part two question. Well, citrus requires, and you can give citrus an awful lot of water when it's hot. You know, in the summertime, uh-huh. it's, it's pretty hard to overwater citrus. Spring and fall, winter, if you keep citrus too wet, you can have problems with phytophthora and soil fungus and different things that can be a real problem. So in are you you're in East Mesa? What, what cross streets, Amy? Yeah, uh, um, Gilbert Road and uh, 202 Red Mountain. So, okay. Yeah, so North, got, North yeah. Mesa. Yes. Okay, yeah. So you've got Where pretty heavy soil, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that part's all good. And realistically, like in our grove that's out in East Mesa further than you over on Jermaine, you know, we water in the summertime. We, we would ideally water about once every 10 days. And so sometimes it's okay. once every 10 to 14 days, depending on how much water we have and the times we can pass through the field. But uh, And then on our farm out in the desert with lighter soil, we water once a week um, in the summertime. Okay. Now, in the wintertime, like in our grove in Mesa, last time we watered was probably the 10th or 15th of December because it's been, you know, wet enough and we had a, a good cold. deep air. Well, cold and deep mm-hmm. irrigation. The plants aren't using much water. So the water is the first thing to look for. And in the summertime, you know, on a drip system, I'd say on, on average it should be watered once a week. And you want to get the water down to a depth, you know, of about two and a half to three feet. And hey, your trees are pretty old, mature, Amy? Yeah, very much. Okay. So, yeah, yeah so the bigger, older lemons like that, they're going to use about 250 or 300 gallons of water when you water them. So okay. if you have a drip system and you got two heads in there that puts out, you know, 10 gallons of water each, you're only getting 20 gallons. So you're going to water at least, you know, 10 or 12 hours. And, okay. and very few people do that. You know, but that's that's the real way to water them. And to, to help them now, Amy, what I would do with your trees if they're hurting like that is I would yeah. prune them back pretty heavy in February and fertilize them. And watering extra with a hose is, is just kind of ideal. And uh, so I think that should help all your problem. Uh, just one other question for you. Are you growing any weeds in your yard? No, no weeds. Okay. Is so somebody spraying for the weeds? The um, yes, the landscapers do, but I don't. I don't get very many. I have some artificial turf, and then I have um, rock 
Well, that, most, um, most, most, most ground in the desert is going to produce weeds. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you, but, if, but, if, but if you don't have weeds and they're using a spray, I would check to see what they're spraying with. Because the other thing that could have been the cause of all this problem might have mm-hmm. been a chemical. And there's ortho ground clear. Okay. And there's also a new one that's a new... Um, um, Monsanto product, and it's um, it's going to be the same type of thing. But any one of these chemicals that say that they're going to last more than be a contact herbicide or be a pre-emergent can cause major problems um, for your your plants. The other ones like a Roundup, and I forget what they call it, a Roundup 360 or something like that. But they've got new chemical formulations that they're using that go into the plants and are very toxic to the plants and stop and stunt their growth. And I don't think the products could even be on the market, but it could be that your uh, landscaper sprayed with one of these. And if he did, that goes up into the tree, and that'll last about a year in the ground and really stunt your tree. So just ask ask if he's ask how he keeps the weeds down. And you know, most most good landscapers will have a bottle. They'll have a bottle right there in their truck, and you can see what it is. But um, but at any rate, so we got the watering down. The other thing would be the the chemical. Okay, and and what's the likeliness if, if I'm trying to describe one of the lemon trees, like I said, half of it is looks completely dead and the other half still has some greenery and some, you know, right now, uh, green <laughs> lemons well, okay, growing. Yeah, but, that, but that's that my, but let, let me ask green. you this, uh, Amy. Have you noticed any new growth or, you know, feathers and those kind of things coming out in the last couple of months? No, not, in the, not on the half that looks completely dead, no. Well, what about on the other half? Um, yeah, there's some growth okay. on the other the, half. Then chances are it was probably just sunburn from the heat. So you can prune that tree back to balance it. Whatever is exposed in the sun on that, that probably the west side of the tree, uh, paint that white so it's protected from the sun. You know, prune it back yep. 50%. Okay. Just butcher the tree. And lemons will come back okay. and, and uh, pretty quickly. Okay. All Thank right. you for the information. Have fun up it. in Sedona. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Lucy in Maricopa. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning. Hi. That pre-emergent that, that I used is an RM43. But uh, what I'm calling to ask now, I had a note that you said uh, March and January for uh, applying pre-emergent. But does it have to be a little warmer than it is now? No. No, I mean, a lot of the weeds, it's, it's going to get warm next week. Okay, next week's okay. going to be 75 degrees. and uh, You promised. Well, I, I, I'm just counting on the weather, man. I don't make any promises. I don't. I don't determine the weather. I only read what I see. And looking at the jet stream and how it's working, anymore, out, right? I believe them. You know. Okay. You okay. Know. So I can still put pre-emergent down. Absolutely, this month. but you want to do it right away because it is going to warm up. All right. Thanks, Lucy. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have four lines available. Number to call for Miss Zandra here. I mean, Miss Shira here. Sorry, that Zandra's out. We haven't seen Zandra for a week or two. It's been about a month, huh, Shira? Anyway, give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Gift of all, we can't go on pretending day by 
And that's a, a great thought, and hopefully we can make it a practical reality. Back to the phones. We do have two lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on Sunday morning here on KTAR. Melanie and Chandler, good morning to you. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I put down some pendimethalin on my Bermuda grass. I didn't overseed this year, but it uh-huh. put down that um, pre-emergent. I'm thinking I, in some of the bare spots I wanted under trees, I wanted to try some dichondra. Is that a rational idea? Or well, it's, it's not going to work from seed right now very well with the pre-emergent. No. But it wouldn't work this time anyway because it's too cold to plant it. You know, I think by the time June rolls around, if you wanted to seed some dichondra in there when it's nice and hot and the evenings are warm, shouldn't have any problem. And dichondra is a great, you know, mix to combo with Bermuda grass in our lawns. And we have places that have irrigated, you know, flood irrigation lawns often just have that mix naturally occur. But seeding it, you know, in the shady areas would be fantastic to do uh but wait till about you know late may or april i mean may or june okay sounds great thanks for your thanks, help Melanie. bye-bye uh tom and mesa good morning thomas good morning uh, thanks for the call brian um i got two quick questions um i have a a little vestigial prickly pear cactus that are grew naturally in, in in a part of my yard where i don't really want it mm-hmm. and i want to transplant it okay. um uh, it's only about a foot and a half tall. Um, I'm not quite sure what to do. Um, well, just be a little careful with the thorns, Tom. But, you know, prickly pears are a lot of when they seed here are really cool. And I, I've seen them grow in rain gutters on the eaves of houses that were just planted, you know, by a bird that was eating the fruit, you know. And uh, yeah. they're pretty cool. So they're very easy to transplant. They love our, you know, they love our climate. Uh, best time what to transplant it's going to be like March or April. Okay. And you can just what take a shovel and just... Go ahead. What kind of root systems do they have? Is it is it wide at the surface or is it deep? I'm not quite sure. What well, no, have. I mean, most native, you know, plants and cactus have a pretty big surface area of roots because a lot of our rains aren't very deep. And they want right. to take advantage of our minimal range. You know, we get a quarter inch of rain. They want to get a little bit of it. So yeah. they're going to have spreading roots that are very shallow. 
But the prickly okay. pear are so easy. I mean, you could even transplant them by cutting. So I, I would wait okay. till sometime like the first part of March and okay. uh, just take a shovel and cut it underneath it at an angle and just pop yeah. it up and, you know, pick it up in the shovel and away you go. You don't have to okay. get very deep root ball. If you get down, you know, five or six inches, it's probably deep enough on a young plant like that. And Should just, I use some super thrive? You can. I mean, it's not, it's, everything's going to benefit from being kind, you know, to a certain degree with like something like Super Thrive. So you wouldn't okay. have to, but it'll certainly help. You know, it's a good product. Okay. And uh, yeah. just make sure you can plant it back a little bit deeper so that it doesn't, you know, blow over or something when it's newly moved and it'll right. be fine. Right. Uh, okay. Thank you. One, one other question. I've got some mature citrus trees in, in my yard, and I watered them about the last time you watered your grove in, in Mesa. Uh -huh. uh, I'm wondering when I should water again. When, when, when do you think that? Uh, well, you just really need to check the soil. So whether you use pretty, a probe it's or... Dry. It's pretty dry. Well, if it's dry, now's a good time to deep water again. It's going to warm up. Okay, so the plants yeah. are going to start to use water this week. And uh -huh. uh, we, you know, we're going to go out. I'll be out at the grove this morning. Um and we'll check on the watering. You know, we ran frost water in a lot of ours, so we actually watered a lot more stuff last week just because it was cold. But um, right. at any rate, you know, having a good, you know, they want to have a certain amount of moisture to hold the fruit and keep the quality up. So, yeah, it might yeah. be a good time to irrigate again this week. Okay. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Sue in Phoenix. But before Sue, I'm going to remind you that we have the the lovely Shira here, and she's smiling. And you know, you want to keep her, you know, going and her blood pumping, and you know, back there jumping and dancing and stuff, and being lively for us. So just give her a call. That'll that'll put her work. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven K T A R. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from seven to nine on ninety two point three FM. You know, we can talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize or kill and if you've got something special or something different you're growing we're all here to learn the host included i mean the fortunate part about life is we get to learn something new almost every day and there's certainly a lot for us to learn so um you know get out there and uh, try something new you know the fun part about gardening and landscaping is a lot like uh, cooking if we don't ruin a few we're not making we're not trying enough and we're never going to find our favorite unless we try new things um number once more 602-277-5827 Sue and Phoenix, good morning. Love your show, Brian. Thank you. Uh, two questions, please. My first one has to do with citrus. I've got two, uh, one orange, one lemon. And last year, this year, no yield at all. Just no fruit, maybe five oranges, four lemon. Um, you mentioned... You know, I do have some dye back on that west side, so uh -huh. I'm going to prune that off, and I'll seal it. Um, and in February, just cut them way back and start again. Well, the, the problem is if do. you do that major pruning, Sue, is I guarantee you're not going to have much of a crop this year. Okay, so again, this, this well, but yeah, but this year, well, you can on lemons. The difference with lemons, lemons can bloom two or three times in the spring. And uh, sometimes yeah. even out of cycle in the fall in different times. So lemons, you probably will still have a fruit crop, even if you prune back pretty hard. But but oranges and grapefruits, because of the time when they when they you know are going to come out and bloom, if you prune them back very hard, you're going to get rid of uh, most of the crop for this year. And um, okay. but pruning them some, I mean, sooner or later you have to prune them anyway. So I would prune them to shape, and then whatever you want right. to do beyond I, that, I do, um, do that. Yeah. Yeah. So Super Thrive, would that even help them? Super Thrive, super thrive is a good growth? product, but what would help them more is a, just a good balanced fertilizer. Okay. And should I 
double that up trying to get well i don't know how much you put on but you know when we look at a a big citrus tree okay so we're saying that we're going to put on maybe five pounds of nitrogen per year okay Okay. And that's for a big mature tree and, and on a big yeah. mature tree. So when you buy fertilizer, like if it's a 1684, okay, and you put on one yeah. pound of, of 1684 fertilizer, the actual nitrogen you're putting on there, you know, is just about a quarter of, even less than a quarter of a pound because it'd have to be 25 oh, to gosh. be a quarter. Okay. So you're All not right. putting that much nitrogen on. So if you're fertilizing a big citrus tree, you'd put on probably five pounds of like a 1684 on a big tree yeah. at one time. Now that doesn't go for those out there with a small young tree, you wouldn't want to put that much on. And the other thing that well, you can trees, do, oops. go ahead. Well, these trees are about eight years old, but okay. they're kind of a dwarf, a dwarf size. So how tall are they? Oh gosh, I'm gonna say um, eight to nine feet tall. Okay, so they may, may or may not be a dwarf. Anyway, what you want to do, if you want them to grow there very fastest, is go ahead and fertilize them once a month, Start on Valentine's Day okay. and go through October, okay. okay? And put on like four or five cups full of fertilizer per tree at a time. You know, and that's not right. that's not the thirst buster cups. That's like, uh, you know, regular cup size cups. And at least yeah. that much, okay? You could put on a little more than that the first time. But four or five cups, you know, of a, of a 16.84 type fertilizer put on monthly is going to be like ideal to keep that tree growing its fastest and best all year. Oh, super. Okay, one more question. It's a quick one. Mm-hmm. My son just bought a brand new home in Tolson, Buck, Lower Buckeye and 99th, I think. Uh-huh. Um, he said that his automatic sprinklers are on every day for 40 minutes. Well, that's not unusual for, for, that for a contractor a setting a new system up. Okay, so he's okay. got young plants that we really plant. That? Uh, yes, how long ago yeah, was, he, was, he, was the plants planted? Oh, I'm going to say... Possibly eight months ago. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. Okay. So ideally right now, he should run it, you know, once a week would be enough. Once a week for how long? Well, it depends on the emitter size, and I can't tell that, and he can't tell that unless he goes out. Yeah, but just just take the emitters and put put, take the emitter and put it in a quart jar. You know, and then you're going to see how long it takes to fill up that quart jar. Okay. So I can't tell you the time, but I can tell you the gallons. All right. So what you want to put on on five gallon plants that are about eight months old is probably somewhere around two to four gallons uh, for a shrub. Okay. Depending on how fast the soil drains. And if if he's got some trees in there and if they were like a 15 gallon, he'd want to put on at least 25 gallons of water on those. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say once a week? Once a week. Uh Uh-huh. Once a week. Okay, thank you, Brian. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Uh-huh, bye-bye now. And it looks like uh, Mr. Uh, Troy Barrett's wandering back in the studio in here. And when he come, when he shows up, I can look over and know, okay, it's time to break for the news. We've got the lovely Shira back here. Now, you can call Shira during the break. The number is 602-277-5827. And you could be up right after Troy in the news in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Hope you're enjoying this beautiful morning. We can see the silhouette of the mountains popping up over Sunny Slope now. And it's going to be another lovely day here in the desert. Of 
Gorgeous sunrise. Just poke your head outside in about three or four minutes. It's going to be pretty. Anyway, we got back to the phones. Ann and Awatuki, good morning. Good morning, Brian. We have a hedge at the rear of the property that's oleander. They're mm-hmm. about five feet tall and about, I guess, 25 or 30 feet, you know, across the back. And um, I'm just wondering, in the winter now, is there any, am I supposed to be watering? Because I haven't been, uh, except for the rain that came down, we haven't been watering. Should they be watered? Uh, and let me ask you a question. Where do you live in Ahwatukee? What cross streets? 48th and Elliott. Okay, so you have pretty heavy clay soil right in there. And really, yeah. there's not much reason to water oleanders this time of year. You know, if, if okay. you do water them at all, you know, one good irrigation a month is plenty. And if you okay. happen to be fortunate enough to get an inch and a half or two inches of rain with the rain we had, they're covered for this month. Right. That's, that's sort of how I was feeling, but I wanted to be sure. And also, we don't get flowers very much because we trim them so they're neat. Is mm-hmm. that why? Because we That's trim exactly them? why. Now, if you would, when was the last time you pruned them? Oh, probably a month or two ago. Okay. Don't prune them again until May. Let them come out okay. and flower and be pretty and, you know, go through that nice bloom spring and the and then go ahead and prune them real hard in May and then uh, okay. catch them once more in August and uh, you'll get another bloom cycle in between there. And uh, then don't prune them after about the first of September, you know, sometime the end of August, prune them again. But if you prune them about three times a year, you'll keep them in nice form, but you also have bloom cycles in between. They'll be really pretty. All right. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ann. Bye-bye. Uh, Michelle in Maricopa. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Nice to talk to you. Um, 
I forgot to cover my bougainvillea that looks like a vine, so you pretty much know what it what happened to it. it went yeah, to especially it. in Maricopa in in March or April. Yeah, leave, leave or, it leave it right now. You know, it, it, it'll okay. bud out. It'll start to maybe even push some buds after you know in the next two weeks oh, okay. uh, down and below. Sounds good. All right, and one more. I, I, I want to buy a torch bougainvillea. Will you have that when the weather breaks? Well, we'll have them today, and we'll have them when the weather breaks. But yeah, if I were you, I'd plant them. You know, pretty much mid February is the best time to plant. Okay. All right, Kate. Thank you very much. Thanks, Michelle. Bye bye. Good day. You Bye-bye. too. Have a have a nice holiday weekend. Uh, Andy and Chandler. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, question: I put in a twenty-four inch uh, live oak about a year and a half ago, and I want to slowly trim it up. What percentage of the lower growth should I take off? Because um, I want it to, uh, it's next to my driveway. Okay, so the lower growth, you know, what you could do is you could just prune back some of those uh, limbs right now. Don't take them completely off. And don't cut them back okay. to the trunk. Just shorten them up, okay? Just keep those pruned and let it grow on the okay. top. And it's going to push out a big flush, you know, and that usually is going to happen here about the middle of March is when it does a lot of its growing. Really, they probably grow the most in the year March through June. And uh, so, okay. fer- so fertilize it here in the next month, okay? The lower limbs that you don't want to grow it anymore, just prune the ends of them off. Or if you are if you have lower limbs that are going to come up and make part of your structure, you know, prune in around those. Anything that's coming out horizontal, take off. And uh, you, you don't want to prune it back on a young tree, you know, too hard. But just, add, you know, you prune it four or five times a year. And as things are coming out down below, keep those pruned back. Encourage the growth on the top. And then you just work on it every year over a couple of years. How, how, how high the branches start now, Andy? Oh, it, it's gone crazy in the last year. It's mm-hmm. probably about 10 feet tall. And where, where are the lowest limbs you're thinking about removing? Oh, the, uh, the lowest limbs are about three and a half feet. Oh, okay. So is it kind of a multi-trunk then? Yeah. Okay. So do you want to maintain that form? Uh, not really. I want to keep it up so that as it grows, because we just bought the house four years ago. Mm-hmm. and. I want it to be a big shade tree. Well, it'll be a big shade tree, but just on the branch structure, you know, you could leave some of those lower limbs, okay, and then take all the horizontal growth off and have it come up where it's kind of a multiple trunk tree with lower limbs, but to keep raising the canopy up over time. And uh, if you prune it in that form, it'll be a really sturdy tree. And it'll be able to protect itself from the sun, which they can sunburn, especially if it's sitting next to a driveway and out in rock and that kind of thing. But uh, no, it's in it's in grass. Oh, it's in lawn. That's a big help for it too. Then, um, yeah. And then, so my other quick question is: I have a fig tree in the same yard that's in right now. I have my overseeded turf, mm-hmm. and it looks more like a bush. And I want to start forming that to be a tree. Um, should I just do the same thing? Just kind well, of Andy, it? let me ask you what the fig. Is your goal to, to harvest a lot of fruit or just to have a, a nice, pretty tree? No, well, my mother-in-law would like a lot of fruit. <laughs> well, there's, there's just two different whole ways to do a fig tree. You know, if you're doing it for fruit, you keep it down. You keep it as a bush so you can reach the fruit. You know, so, okay. so like the fig tree in my backyard, I butcher it this time of year. I mean, I, I tell you, right now it's probably 20 feet tall and it's an old tree. And it, it oh, wow. and, and over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be about a six foot bush, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and well, that's because I like the figs, you know, and I don't need it for a shade tree where it is. But figs can make a really beautiful big tree.
tree, but you'll never get the fruit off them. Uh, but if right. you want to have them, you know, for the for the figs, you know, I, I would keep it pruned keep back it low. Small. Yeah, leave it low. And uh, okay, that makes sense. I have a mother in law right. with us too, so we have a lot of fun, Andy. <laughs> oh yeah, well she's a great cook, so. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> well, mine's just a wonderful person, and, and she's grown up. You know, she's lived with us now since we lost my father in law a few years ago, but uh, she's been an amazing florist and just a very fun person. No, it's the same way in my house. My mother-in-law is great, and, you know, it, it's it, – I'm glad she's there, and, and uh, she's happy. So. Well, if she likes her figs, don't don't, don't trim it up. <laughs> no, nah, I guess I won't. <laughs> All righty. Hey, have a nice Thanks, weekend. Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Margaret in Scottsdale, but I'd like to tell you first that we do have an opportunity. We've got four lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Margaret in Scottsdale. Uh, hello, Brian. I listen to you every Sunday, and uh, I wanted to ask you a question. You got me excited about a red push pistache about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I got one, at least I thought I got one, but I thought they were going to turn red when they, um, when they're deciduous. Well, they may. Thing. And this, this one's <laughs> doing yellow. Well, if it's yellow, you might have actually gotten a Chinese pistache instead of a red push somehow. Um Oh. The Chinese pistachio, which is one of the parents of the red push, um, can turn all kinds of fun colors from yellow to gold to orange and uh, to red as well. But the uh, the red push typically is going to turn more of a red color. Hmm. And the leaves and everything look the same. They look very similar. They're 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 you know closely related. They're fifty percent the same. Um, if you want to send a picture into the website or just to the nursery, call the nursery and, and, and text them a picture. Um, Okay. Or, or send it into the website, either one, and we can probably give you a better idea. But the, the the biggest difference is the leaves are a little fuller, a little thicker on the red push, and they're typically a little darker green in the summertime. Um, but, you know, they would okay. both be pistache and both do, you know, very similar things. But uh, definitely is a difference. Okay, I'll, I'll send a picture in. All righty. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Uh, Emily and Wickenburg, you're going to be up next, but first we have to take a short break. And after Emily, all you have to do is give a call to Miss Shira here at 602-277-5827 on this uh, Martin Luther King holiday weekend. And uh, we could talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. And if you got an idea, a suggestion, something different, we would love to hear from you. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.
Folks, beautiful morning out there, and uh, we do have a couple lines available. Number to call is 602-277-5827. I'd like to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. Looks like we're going to have a warmer, nicer week this week, and uh, it's not going to be as cold as it's been. But uh, come out and see us. You know, Whitfields, we uh, we grow trees here, started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations from citrus trees, which is one of our specialties, to uh, all different kinds of shade trees, ash, elms, pistachios. We have beautiful live oaks, uh, flowering pears, a lot of beautiful trees to grow here in the valley. If last summer was a little hot, you know, now's a great time to plant these big deciduous trees or hardy evergreens to uh, provide a little shade. We also grow a wide variety of flowering plants from roses to, you know, desert plants of all varieties. Pretty soon the emu bushes will be blooming. We call them Valentine's bushes. If you want to surprise somebody, you could plant a Valentine bush now and have it blooming here in a couple weeks. But whatever your dreams are, come out and see us. Uh, original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south, south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Uh, we're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530, Sundays 10 to 4. And if you want to taste some of our, uh, our fun citrus that we grow here in Arizona, you can go see our friends uh, at Safeway Albertsons or Bashes, the whole family of Bashes. That's Bashes and Food City and AJ's. Or the, the guys at Sprouts have a wide variety of our product in there. And uh, you can't forget Whole Foods. If you go in the front of Whole Foods, you'll probably see some of our Meyer lemons. If you want to taste some Arizona citrus, maybe find the varieties that you enjoy best uh, before you plant. Go see one of these wonderful stores that support our business. Woodfield Nurseries Growing Trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Emily in Wickenburg, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoy the morning, kiddo. <laughs> um, my question, I've got three palms uh, well-established on my property. I've lived there for about years, and one was pruned too short by uh, an uncle who meant well but didn't know, and that one's completely dead. Um, they're the shorter palms, not the Sonoran, but the next time, I don't even know exactly. Are they, are they, the pig, palms, are they pygmy no. date palms, and one they have like a feathery leaf, or Mediterranean fans, or? Yeah, so they're the um, the like the long um, palm with the multiple feathers, or you know, like the long ones, like a feather, probably, like five foot long. Okay, like a queen palm, then you think? Yeah, and they're, they're probably like ten, fifteen feet tall okay. right now. So they're they're probably queen palms. And they they had a yeah, real rough probably. time, Emily, last summer just with the weather. And we really don't sell yeah, a lot of queen, queen palms anymore. 
But um, if you want to do the best you can for them, it would be to fertilize them heavy in March. And uh, not now because it's too cold. They're not growing. I'd pick up a manganese spike. They're called a Lutz manganese spike. And you just drive it in, give them extra manganese. And... um, but, you know, they're not the hardiest of palms here, and the last couple of summers have been really rough on them. Yeah, they're looking pretty, they're looking, uh, I had to trim them back yesterday, the the dead or the, you know, but I don't want to trim them too short because that'll kill them, right? Well, I mean, no, it's not a matter of trimming too short. It's just that they really had a terrible time because we had all the record heat last year, you know, in July. And then two years ago before that, in that August that we had, that was horrible. And when they when they get stressed and they get weak, then they have fungus and other problems show up with them. And uh, you might think about if you want to grow palms in the future to grow to a more native species like a Mexican or California palm or Mexican blue palm. And if you really want want that kind of a tropical look, what I would plant is one called a mule palm, like a donkey, but a mule. And the mule palm's a hybrid that's got a leaf like that that looks kind of like a coconut, but it takes more heat and more cold than the queens do. Okay. Okay, excellent. That was, so the manganese spike and then fertilize in March. Yeah, and fertilize them pretty heavy Correct. in March. Yeah, we really want to try some, get some new, you know, healthy growth back on them between March and May. And uh, that's a time when they can really grow and come back out. And if you can get them back healthy that time of year, then they'll withstand the heat better in the summertime. And in the summertime, they need to be watered heavy. Is your soil where you're located rocky or is it pretty, is it heavier soil? pretty rocky. They're on an irrigation system. Mm-hmm. In rocky ground, so in the I, heat um, of the summer, they need to be watered heavy twice a week. Okay. And I have that irrigation system on um, every day for, you know, just like depending on the time of the year, it could be five minutes, it can be like an hour. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's not, that's not going to work. Should I not do that? No, it'd be better to run your irrigation system twice a week. And I don't know how big your heads okay. are. If they're full-size bubblers, you might get some water that matters in five minutes. But, you know, realistically, this time of year, if you're watering once every two or three weeks, is plenty. There's no reason to water okay. so often. And plants aren't going to use much water, especially those palms. They're pretty dormant right now. But when they really need water is once it gets hot. But especially, you want to get them happy in the spring and fertilized and back to health. And then in the summertime, twice a week is the most water they're going to need. And you want to get the water down on those trees and rockier soil to a depth of probably three to five feet. But it'll go down pretty fast in rockier ground. And... Um, you know, you're just going to have to keep giving them enough water and the heat to be happy. But it's really not probably the best palm for you in Wickenburg. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot There's a lot of better choices here. that might be easier for you to maintain. Yeah. I mean, if you had a, a like a native palm here, like a California fan palm, you know, you don't water it at all in the wintertime. And you water it once a month in the summertime. And it'll grow and be healthy and just thrive. You know, so there's just a lot of healthier, right. hardier palm varieties. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all the info. I appreciate it. Thanks, Emily. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Nice nice all the weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Kathy in North Phoenix. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. I am calling about my rose bushes. I think I'm new to to growing roses, so I'm just wondering, I'm supposed to be trimming back pretty heavy this time of month? Well, it depends on the variety of rose bushes you have, Kathy. Are yours, um, do they have long stems and big flowers? Yes. Okay, so those are probably hybrid teas, and this is the time of year we prune our hybrid teas way back so that we can produce the best blooms, especially through the spring, and have beautiful roses to cut and bring indoors. So 
how old do you think your bushes are? Um, I think they are probably about three or four years old. Okay. So that should be a really prime age for roses. You want to cut them back and thin them way down. Probably you want to cut them back to anywhere that we call the branches that come up off the, the heart, bud, the canes. Okay. So you want to cut those canes back to, you know, anywhere between probably six to 10 inches tall. So we're going to take the whole rose and just thin it way back. Okay. Right now and fertilize them. Okay. And just a good balanced road for rose fertilizer is great. You might give them, if you have some around the house, an extra tablespoon or two of Epsom salt which is magnesium okay. sulfate, and that can really help them. You know, a lot of the good rose fertilizers will have that in them already, but it's kind of a, a key thing that a lot of rose farmers and people that grow them for the best quality blooms will add a little extra magnesium in there this time of year. So if you do that, cut them back, they'll start to pop out. If you, pr if you prune them today, you'll start to see buds swell up in the next two weeks, and you should have them in bloom in about six to eight weeks and have beautiful blooms for the spring. Okay, do I need to tip up? Put anything on the cut after no, I... No, no, there's no reason when you prune roses. No, just, just prune them back. And they'll rebud okay. right out the sides. And and just a little pointer, roses like to be on the wetter side of life. So it's a plant that it's kind of harder to overwater, so they can take quite a bit of water. Okay, great. Right. Thanks, Kathy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, James down in Casa Grande. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I called, I called a few weeks ago, and... Um, you know, explain the issue I have with my citrus trees, and then you said, hey, you know, I'm watering them wrong because mm -hmm. I got I've got my whole garden on one zone with the vegetables and the citrus and yada yada yada. Anyway, uh, now I put another zone so I can water the citrus separately, the hopefully the right way. So I just want you to tell me, you know, how how long to water in uh, in in the winter and in, in the summer and when James, how, how old are your citrus trees? How long have they been installed? About five years. About five years. And Still how fast does your soil drain where you're at? It drain pretty fast. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's like caliche's caliche soil. I, I I think it drains pretty good. Okay, but um, so realistically, yeah. this time of year, you could water them on a drip system about every two to three mm -hmm. weeks. Two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. if you put enough water in there to go down about two foot deep, you know, and, and as wide mm -hmm. as the canopy, that would be fine. And, uh, you know, three feet's even better, pushes the salts away. And then in the heat of the summer, yeah. you go to once a week. Okay. And uh, in the, is the fertilizing schedule like Valentine's Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day? Yeah, that's fine. And if you want them to grow a little faster, you can do it once a month. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right. I, I got it. All uh, right. One other question. Well, you I, know I, what? I'm out of time, I James. I got to, I got to take a hard break oh, for the sorry. news. You want to hold on or you want to go? Uh, well, I'll go. Thanks okay. anyway. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give us a call and you could be up first. The number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.